Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Box Hard Podcast. This is episode 151. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as always by the infamous Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. Yourself? Very good, my friend. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, let's dive straight into the review part of the show. There's not too much really from last week. Um, we're going to start in the Emperor's Palace in Kempton Park, South Africa. Uh, one fight really to mention on this bill. I know that it was shown on Box Nation, but I simply didn't get a chance to watch it. But we had Tabiso Machunu, that's the man that once upon a time outpointed Eddie Chambers. Um, he actually fought for the vacant African Boxing Union Cruiserweight title against Thomas Oosthausen. And, um, you know, this was, a you know, like a South African kind of grudge match, I think. I'm not too sure about the grudge angle, but certainly a good fight, actually, for the South African cruiserweights. Machunu actually got upset here. Um, it was a majority decision over 12 rounds in favour of Thomas Oosthausen. His record now 28-1 and with two draws. And Tabiso Machunu, 19-5 and now. Quite a good fight, like I said on paper there, but... I didn't see it at all, so let us know if, if it was worth watching there. Oosthausen, the victor. Moving over now to Switzerland. One fight to mention over here. Arnold the Cobra. Um, you know, top points if you can pronounce his, his surname. Arnold Gurjaj, something like that anyway. Got knocked out by David Hay. Got knocked out by big, sexy Sean Turner. His record now 31-2. and two. It was his 31st win. A KO in the second round against Gogita Gorgiladze, who now has a record of 39-27. and 27. Moving over now to Thailand. Like I say, we mentioned it last week. A man was having his 100th professional contest. Did he he win did he lose well he was taking on a guy that was zero and six so you'd expect him to win and he did win a knockout in the second round sirimon kong iafwam now has a record of 96 and four the former wbc world champion who really just aims for um well, aims for fights against people that he knows he'll win against very easy. I mean, he's allowed a few easy touches. He really has gone on very, very long. Like I say, a 100 professional fights now. You just don't see that these days. But he's the new um, he's the new Thai light heavyweight champion. It's unbelievable. I think he started his career at something like... I think he started at flyweight. And he's now a light heavyweight. I mean, think about that for a second. Absolutely crazy. He's been a pro since before. For the millennium. Um, all the very best to Sirimon Kong Iafiam and also his opponent Mohamed Unsugaba. Um, his record now 0 and 7 with one draw. Back to the drawing board for him, very much so. Moving over now to the Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio, California. One fight to mention over here, really. We had Ryan Garcia. He moved to 16 and 0, a majority decision over 10 rounds against Carlos Morales. A little bit of a step up there. Um, Morales now 17 and 3 with three draws. Ryan Garcia. You know, a, a very highly touted prospect, very popular with the ladies, a humongous fan base, very big on Instagram he is, and um, 
you know, obviously he's being built by Golden Boy to be this really good fighter, and he's got all types of flashy pad work and punching the bag and stuff like that. He looks amazing in training, but everyone likes to criticize him for all sorts of different things. He's a little bit cringy, but I tell you what, he's a good fighter, and his amateur career will show you that. Um, you know, he took on Devin Haney, I believe it was four or six times, and I think it was 2-2 or 3-3. Devin Haney was talking about that on our show a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, he's a good fighter, the guy, but in the pro ranks, this was quite a sturdy test for him. He did come through it, but a lot of people saying he really needs to, you know, steady himself and stop calling out the likes of Javante Davies. I haven't seen that fight. I was hoping that Mimi would be on the show, but um, it's been quite a while without Mimi now. Not quite sure what's happening with her. But that's really it for that one. Um, That's really it for the review, and actually, I've flown through that pretty quickly. Just before we wrap up part one, of course, the last thing to do is to Welcome guest number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the WBO Super Bantamweight Champion of the World. It's the Royal Storm, of course, Mr. Isaac Dogbay. Isaac, welcome to the show once again. Thank you. It's a pleasure. How are you doing, Jerry? Very good, my friend. Very good. Just before we start, I've got one word for you, Isaac, and that word has to be Neho. Neho. <laughs> so, Isaac. Neho. We last we last spoke just a few days before um, your last fight got announced. Actually, it was back in um, the late part of June. Obviously, you know you announced that you'd you'd be fighting Hidenori Otaki in what would be your first defense of the title. Otaki was a man that was known for his durability. Isaac, you know, he was thirty one and yeah. two. Both losses came, you know, by points losses. One was a five round points loss against a fighter that actually retired undefeated, and then the other loss came to Scott Quigg, a man that we know very well back in 2014 that loss but aside from that you know all he had was wins Isaac and you managed to finish him in style you became the first man to knock him out it was your first defense it was in the first round talk us through that fight amazing first round oh man um you know oh in all humility I always get the first place with the almighty God you know because without him nothing would have been possible you know, I'm always grateful for, for the grace that he's given me and, you know, for my team. You know, everyone has been great. Um, you know, my team for putting me in great condition for the fight. You know, they psyched me up, you know, prepared me, my father in particular. Um, he made sure that I was in 110 tip-top condition before entering that ring. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for everything. Um, we knew we knew Otaki was was strong and he's someone that you know just keeps going forward. He he keeps coming, you know. So um, I feel I was much more stronger. You know, he really underestimated me, and um, you know we actually gave him a shot. He he didn't believe it, you know. So it was it was it was a great fight. It, it certainly was. And one advantage that Ataki had over you was the height difference. I mean, in the super bantamweight division, a five and a half inch height advantage is crazy. However, it ended up not being a problem for you at all. How were you able to get in close so quickly, Isaac? Well, you know, it's not for us. We don't really care about, you know, the, the size or the height or, you know, or anything. It's just about we're going in there setting your mind to, you know, to your goals, knowing that, look, once you tune your mind to something, you know that with the help of God, you can achieve it. 
and that is that that's been our motivation because you know we believe that with God all things are possible. You can't really be thinking about you know the disadvantages of the other stuff. That's to look on the positive side and know that you know you're gonna go there and you're gonna get the job done. You know, so you cannot be restricted. People can say a lot about you and say that, oh, you know, this guy, he's this, he's that, or anything. But in your mind, once your mind is tuned for success, nothing can stop you. And that's exactly, you know, how how we went into that fight. You know, well, in all all of my fights, I'm always a smaller guy. You know, I, I believe I'm um, five foot three and a half. You cannot forget the half. The half is very very important. You know, so um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> now you dropped you dropped Ataki twice in that fight. Obviously, the first one was a beautiful left hand right on the button, right through his guard. You know, he did really well actually to get up from that shot. I thought that that could be a fight finishing punch there. And then obviously the second time you hit him with a right hand and both his gloves touched the canvas. At what point, Isaac, did you realize that? you could pretty much end the fight whenever you wanted to. Well, you know, um, the beginning, the initial, in the initial stages, we went in there to try and um, just um, fill him out, you know, for the first round. So when the door went, you know, I went in with a double guard, you know, trying to figure him out, trying to see what he's got, you know. But um, at the same time, you know, I was seeing so much opening. I was seeing so much open and I just couldn't resist. So I just had to, you know, just go for it. You know, so we said that, you know what, sometimes the predator will have to become the prey. And that's exactly what happened. When I was seeing the openings, I just, you know, it was just so enticing that I had to go for it. Now, you didn't waste any time right after the fight. You, you know, you called out some of the other champions at your weight. You mentioned the likes of Daniel Roman. Um, you mentioned yeah. the likes of Ray Vargas. Out of everybody in that super bantamweight division, Isaac, who do you, you know, who do you have your, your sights set on most? Who's the guy that you want to fight the most out of everybody in that weight? Well, they're both world champions, you know. Um, I would love to fight any of them any day, you know. And, um, but I believe that um, Daniel Roman is, is signed is signed with um, Eddie Hearn, yep. and it will be a great fight for the UK. You know, it will be a great fight if he stays in the UK, and I love that. You know, um, I'm dying to fight in the UK. The fans are also dying to see to watch how it does in the, or, you know in the UK. So um, it will be a great fight. We believe that you know he's a tough guy. He's strong. He's young and. Um, you know, it will be it will be an exciting fight. I mean, Eddie Hearn, you know, and Top Frank could do good business together. We believe it will be a great fight for TV, and the fans will love it. Yeah, you know, so that. we just have to, you know, we have to just make it happen. We we are ready to go. Yeah, certainly. Not only that, I was just going to say there that um, Roman's got quite a tough fight scheduled at the moment against Gavin McDonnell. Obviously, Gavin McDonnell's a British fighter. If he were to win that fight, then even more chance probably of having the fight staged in the UK. Um, brilliant stuff that would be for the future. But um, do you know at the moment, Isaac, when you're likely to be next in the ring? Will it be this year or have you not really had the talk yet with Bob? Um, hopefully, hopefully... Uh... 
Well, Bob said Bob said to me that you know what, I shouldn't I shouldn't rest too much because um, they're looking to get me to get to me out out in the ring again before the year ends. So I'm really excited about it. Um, and uh, so hopefully it could be December or earlier. So yeah, I mean the last fight. Um, I hardly, you know, had any workout, so I'm still, I'm still fit, you know, ready to go. So, um, if, if, yeah, I'm just ready to go, man. I'm just ready to go. And obviously, Isaac, you're still so young. You're one of the youngest world champions right now. You're probably not even in your prime yet. And, you know, what you've achieved already is such a great thing in such a short space of time. Right now, Isaac, you're probably not sure how to answer. Um, this question, what I want to ask you here, but at what point in your mind do you see yourself retiring someday? Do you wanna do you wanna retire before the age of thirty years old? Do you wanna have forty fights and then retire, or is there no real plan just yet? Um, you know, I owe all my success to the Almighty God. Um, you know, um, you know, things. He's the one I give all the glory to. Um, at this moment, well, boxing is. Boxing is uh, it's what my father would say we're using as a platform to achieving something greater. You know, we can only think about the future, but it's God that makes everything comes into manifestation. So um, right now, I believe that I am just walking, and then whenever the time is right, we will know when we will know when uh, we, we will know. So at this moment, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the fight. I'm enjoying the crowd. I'm enjoying the fans. The fans are, you know, you know, they always want to see more of Isaac Dugby. I've I've got a lot to give, and you know, I've, and I've got um, a lot to, I've got a lot of impact to make, um, you know, in, in boxing. Of course, I want to leave a mark in in boxing. You know, I, I believe that I can go as far as a five-way division, a five six-way division world champion and um i believe it's possible many people have done it before and um yeah you know the future looks bright i just have to keep the humility i have to keep working hard and i know that god will see us through and one fight that I've seen a couple of people, one or two people mention online, Isaac, is a potential fight, you probably haven't heard this, but a potential fight between yourself and somebody like a Rigondo. Is that a fight that you would welcome? Look, I would love to have Regan Dow's name on my CV. You know, I wanted to fight Regan Dow a very long time ago before he got beat. You know, my father used to always say that, look, Isaac Dugway will be the only one to to de- to dethrone Regan Dow. You know, to beat Regan Dow. Um, to give him his first loss. You know, but a lot of people used to think that, well, this man, this man is delusional. You know, this man, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And about, we believe that once you say your mind to something, once you speak it, you know, God makes it happen. The Holy Spirit, you know, carries the message, and you know, it turns into it turns into the physical. So until until Vasily Lomachenko came and um, stopped um, Rigandal, you know, but still. I believe he's a legend. You know, he's achieved so much in boxing. He's a great fighter, and I'd love to have his name on my CV. 
Yeah, that certainly would be something. I'd love to see that fight. And finally, Isaac, I know that we're strapped for time, so this will be my last question. Um, you know, you're turning 24 years of age in around three weeks' time. Have you got anything big planned? Share the plans with us. What's happening for, yeah. the, for the Royal Storm's he birthday? Just, <laughs> he, he, just remember, he just reminded me of my birthday. Oh, my days. I'm actually turning 24. <laughs> oh, my days. I'm turning 24 very soon. Oh, man. Oh, man. Look. Oh, man. It would be great. You know, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, uh, oh, my days. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30, 34. <laughs> wow. But, you know, um, well, you know uh, I mean, we've got, we've, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a big fight coming up, so we can't, we can't get too much ahead of ourselves. I mean, there's still, you know, things you have to put... Um, you have to put what's important ahead first, you know. I'm always thankful. Every time it's my birthday, you know, the most important thing that we give thanks to God that, you know, another he's added another year onto us and um, you know, appreciate, you know, the the success that we've we've achieved and, you know, the life that we have. But, you know, most importantly, we've we have life, you know. I'm not I'm I'm not sure what is planned, you know, because he just reminded me that my birthday is coming up soon. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, it will be great. It will be great, man. I'm looking I'm forward sure. to it. I'm sure it will I'm be. Sure, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. My father will have something, you know, um, planned or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, Isaac, it always is a pleasure interviewing you, sir. It truly is. Once again, congratulations on your win. Have a great day on the 26th if you do remember that it is your birthday, and we'll catch up sometime soon. Thank you. Thank give you, me, Jerry. Have a me, great day, too. Give me one more neho before you go. <laughs> no! No! God bless no! Isaac. You too, mate. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, is Ayaz's time to shine. Ayaz, what news do you have for us? Um, there's only one news, and that is Chris Algieri will be making his return to the ring very soon, and he'll be returning to one hundred in the hundred forty pound division. Okay, the ten stone light welter slash super lightweight division. I believe he was undefeated at one forty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay, all the very best to Chris Algeria. I mean, he's a guy that obviously, you know, he was he was quite limited, I guess, as a boxer. I mean, I remember the size difference when he took on Provodnikov and beat him, and it was such an upset, it really was. And, you know, he deserved a lot of credit there. And obviously, he showed a lot of heart against the likes of Manny Pacquiao and a couple of other fights. So, you know, he's a decent fighter, Algeria. He spent a long time out of the ring randomly being Daniel Jacobs' nutritionist. He was cooking for him and stuff like that in the 24-7 shows. I don't know what that was about. I don't know what he was doing there. But, you know, um, he's a likable guy, Chris Algeri. He's a guy that was a world champion, but he was still living in his parents' basement. So he's very much a humble, down-to-earth guy. And very witty, actually. He's, um, you know, he knows his stuff. That's why he actually got this kind of job in the interim period of being Daniel Jacobs' nutritionist. He knows his food. He knows his supplements. And, you know, he's a good fighter. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to have him back at 140. It's a shame he didn't get into the World Boxing Super Series, actually, because I think, you know, his name would have been a decent addition, although he probably should have a couple fights before jumping in at that level. He's been out of the ring for quite a while now. Um, that's it for the news, though, as you said. So let's talk about now the preview part of the show. We're going to start at a place called the Tractor Sport Palace in Russia. Friend of the show fights on this one, um, but the home, the home fighter, let's mention, 
him first. Zor Abdalaev. He has a record of 9-0. He is the WBC silver lightweight champion. He takes on, like I say, friend of the show, Henry Hank Lundy. Um, I remember, you know, Hank Lundy came on the show a few weeks ago now. He was very, very confident about this one. He certainly isn't going over to Russia all that way to make up the numbers. But this guy here that he takes on, um, Abdalaev, he is a highly touted prospect. He's only 24 years of age, but he won the WBC silver title in his last fight. And he also is the former WBO um, youth lightweight champion as well. So a couple of decent belts there. And he's took on a fair um, a fair few decent opponents, actually, in just his only nine fights and six knockouts he has there, by the way. So a decent fighter, but Hank Lundy certainly needs to win this one if he wants to you know, be in the mix of some of the bigger names in this division, of course. Like I say, it's for the WBC silver lightweight title. Henry Lundy, 29-6 and six with one draw. God willing, next week he'll have 30 wins under his belt. Um, we also have on the undercard, Denis Lebedev, 30-2. and two, A man that we really need in the cruiserweight um, division in the... Um the World Boxing Super Series. He wasn't in Season 1. He's now not going to be in Season 2. I'm not quite sure why. And he takes on Hizni Altunkaya, who has a record of 30-2, and two, who's actually the guy that, that got beat by... Um by Bebut Shumanov not that long ago actually for that dodgy version of the WBA um, cruiserweight title some kind of regular belt or something like that so Denis Lebedev takes on a guy here that he should beat relatively easy uh, we also have on the undercard let's just mention here Dmitry Mikolenko 23-3 and he's in a 10-rounder against Alexievchenko who's record 16-11 and with one draw that's it for Russia moving over now to the Vale Sports Arena in Cardiff, Wales, United Kingdom. This is an MTK Global show. Um, quite a few of the of the home fighters on this one. We have Liam Williams, a man that was on our show last week, former um, WBO um, title challenger. His record 17-2 and two with one draw, former British Commonwealth and European champion. He takes on Edwin Palacios, who has a record of 12-6 and six with one draw, I believe eight by knockout. That's an that's a eight-rounder there. Liam Williams, like I say, he said on last week's show about taking on an Argentinian fighter, and this is the guy. Um, also, we have Craig Evans. His record 17 and two with two draws. He takes on Brad Botham, who's five and five with one draw. Cody Davies six and zero. Oh, he takes on. Um, oh, this is a name here. Let me try this. Jeff Genijes. Andre Jevs, who has a record of 10 wins, 98 losses, and 3 draws. Should be an easy win there for Cody Davies. That's a 6-rounder. And that's really it for that one, to be honest. Moving over now to the Bendigo Stadium in Victoria, Australia. We have here... Um, we have Andrew Maloney, 17-0. and 0. His brother, obviously, you know, Jason Maloney. He's in the World Boxing Super Series in the, in the bantamweight category. Um, this one is for the WBA Oceana Super Flyweight title. That belt belongs to Maloney. This one's going to be shown on ESPN+. He takes on Lewis Conception, who some people may remember took on our very own Cal Yafai not too long ago. His record 37-6, and six, a former world champion. That's a sturdy test there for the prospect Andrew Maloney, the twin brother of Jason. 
Um, good fight, that one, by the way. Really, really good fight. I'm very interested in that one. Um, we also have Tim Tazu, the son of Costa Zoo. His record, 10-0. and 0. He's in a 10-rounder against Marcos Cornejo, who has a record of 19-3. and 3. Another steady step up for him. Moving over now to... I've just got to mention this funny name that I saw, by the way. We don't do the funny name segment anymore. I don't think there's enough funny name fighters that are fighting that often, but I saw a guy, and this guy, I mean, this guy has a name here. He's in a four-round contest this week, and his name is Suck Deep Batty. Now, that one is a name I won't be forgetting in a hurry. But forget about the funny names. Let's move over now to the Arena Zagreb in Croatia. We have Filip Hergovic, the bronze medalist in the 2016 Rio Olympics in the heavyweight division. He fights for the vacant WBC international heavyweight title against Amir Mansour, 23-2 and with one draw. There was a lot of controversial stuff circulating in um, Amir Mansour's last fight, which I believe was in Europe also, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was earlier this year, but yeah, Amir Mansour, um, obviously, you know, a very old fighter now in terms of, you know, boxers and stuff like that. I think he's late 40s now, but still a very sturdy test here for Hergovic, who actually struggled, I think, one or two fights back against, was it Big Sexy Sean Turner? I think it was, so um, yeah. Decent little fight, that one. I like that one there in Croatia. A homecoming there for Hergovic also. But that's really it for that card there. Moving over now to the Arena Birmingham, formerly the Barclay Card Arena, uh, obviously in Birmingham, uh, United Kingdom. Let's start with this fight here on this bill. We have Gamal Yafai, 15-1. He takes on... Well, his opponent's yet to be announced. That's a 10-rounder, apparently, there. Lewis Ritson's scheduled to take on a fight here. Um, his record, obviously, 16-0. and 0. It's an 8-rounder, apparently. No opponent just yet. We also have Sam Eggington fighting in his backyard, 23-4. and 4. He's in a 10-rounder against Hassan Mwakinyo, who has a record of 11-2. and 2. Scott Fitzgerald, 10-0, and 0, takes on Craig Morris, 10-1 and 1 with one draw. That's a 10-rounder there. Scott Fitzgerald very much being linked with the Anthony Fowler fight. That would be a cracking contest. Also, a brilliant rematch here. Jason Wellborn, he's the new British middleweight champion. He takes on the former holder of the belt, Tommy Langford, a rematch between the two where the title changed hands last time, and supposedly it was one of the very front runners of Fight of the Year, if I'm not mistaken there. So Jason Wellborn, 22 and 6, or 23 and 6, sorry, and he takes on Tommy Langford, 20 and 2. Obviously, Langford's one loss um, came to, to Wellborn, and the other loss, of course, when he got stopped against Kurt Zidzi, who recently got stabbed in prison, by the way, which is another bizarre topic there. Um, we're going to go to the predictions on this, Ayers, actually. Tommy Langford, Jason Wellborn, a brilliant, brilliant fight last time out. I must say, both men are not really the biggest punchers, although um, although Langford actually did taste the canvas early on in that contest. But how do we see the rematch playing out? Um, the listeners have gone with Langford on points. I'm probably guessing... Well, it's a hard one, obviously, because Langford lost the first fight, but I think I'm probably going to go with Langford to go back to the drawing board, improve, and probably get the win here on points. Yes, I think Lang- I think it's going to be a very good fight, but if I'm going to go with the win, win I'm going to go with Langford, because I think Langford's a very good boxer. Yeah, he is a good boxer. It's a, it's a real shame, actually, because he was right on the verge of fighting for something really big, obviously, when he took on Kurt Sidzi, and he was probably winning the fight until he got caught. 
Um, and he just didn't recover. But it's a real shame because since then, he's gone from being on the verge, actually, of a world title shot. I think he was highly ranked with the WBO, certainly to fight for the belt he was fighting for. And, um, you know, he was chasing down Billy Joe Saunders, really. And then next thing you know, he's losing to people like Jason Wellborn, which obviously isn't a brilliant thing. So he needs to avenge this if he is going to get anywhere in his career. And, you know, being a British champion, which he's already been, is completely fine. It's a massive achievement. I'm not knocking that by any means. But if he does have ambitions of world title honours, then he needs to win this fight here. It's a must win, you know, to get at that level. Um... So yeah, we've all gone with Tommy Langford on points. And the main event I has Amir Khan, 32-4, takes on Samuel Vargas, 29-3, with two draws, a 12-round contest. The second fight now with Eddie Hearn. Obviously, um, it's been a long time, really, since we've seen a proper version of Khan. Obviously, he got back in the ring, and the fight lasted about 30 seconds against Phil LaGreco. Aside from that, he hasn't been in the ring since that Canelo fight a long, long time ago. Hopefully, we see some rounds here, Ayaz. How do you see the fight playing out? I think it's going to be a very, very good fight. I think it's going to be a test for Amir Khan because, I mean, Samir Vargas, he's, he's a very good opponent as well. But if I'm going to go with a win, I'm going to go with Connor and I'm going to go with it. I think he's going to, I think it's going to, I think this fight's going to go to points because I think Amir Khan wants it to take go to later rounds because I think it's obviously because he's been out the ring, a ring for such a long time, he's still getting that ring rust. Obviously, with the Phil record, it's only a first round knockout. And obviously, Samir Vargas, I know he's fought Danny Garcia before, hasn't he? Yeah, he's fought Danny Garcia, yeah. Yes, he's fought Danny Garcia before, and obviously Danny Garcia beat him as well. So, I mean, he's um, he's a very good fight, but uh, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go win a win, I'm going to go with Khan, and I think Khan's going to win by points. I think he's going to use his speed, and I think... I mean, I personally think he should have went with Virgil Hunter, obviously, but unfortunately, he's decided to stay with Joe Goosen. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a very good fight, and I think Amir Khan will win on points, and I think he should... If he wins this fight, I think the next fight should take his Manny Pacquiao, because, I mean, the Brook fight, I think he should take that as his last fight before he ends his career. Okay, interesting point there, Ayaz. Um, you know, you mentioned there Danny Garcia. He is their one common opponent, if I'm not mistaken. They both lost to Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia knocked Amir Khan out in four rounds, but he needed seven to get rid of to get rid of Samuel Vargas. And Vargas' other loss came, um, well, he's got two other losses. One came to Errol Spence in four rounds. No shame in that, really. And the other loss came to Pablo Munguia back in 2013, a unanimous decision over 10 rounds. So, to be completely honest, I mean, other than that, he's been knocked out by Garcia. He's been knocked out by Errol Spence. Let's be honest, Khan got knocked out by Garcia. And if Khan fought Errol Spence, the majority of people, I believe, would certainly um, expect... Errol Spence to knock Khan out. So this guy, I don't think he's too chinny, really. Um, you know, even though he's been stopped twice in three losses. And aside from that, he's actually put together a decent string of performances, I'll say. He's coming off a draw against a guy called Moro Godoy, who's got a record of 30-3, and three, but I don't think he's really beaten anybody of note. But, um, you know, aside from that, he's coming off a couple decent-ish wins before that, albeit... Two of them um, were a little bit close. One of them was a majority decision. The other one was a split decision. But yeah, you know, he's a decent fighter. He's got a couple of standout names. Nothing too brilliant. Nothing that should really trouble Amir Khan, by the way. But I just think that... I think I'm going to side with you, as The listeners have gone huge for Amir Khan to win. They've gone um, 89% going with Khan to win by knockout. So, um... No one, no one really fancying Khan on points, but I think I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think Khan um, will probably win this on points, and the reason behind that is when you look at Amir Khan's resume, um, you know he's not the biggest of punchers. He's very much a kind of 
like an accumulative kind of guy. He'll stop you with a real flurry of punches. And, you know, I mean, not really so much in the Phil Greco fight. He seemed to do quite well there. Well, the flurries were involved as well, but decent single punch power. But aside from that Greco fight, where he knocked him out in about 30 seconds and Greco arguably was probably not warmed into it at that point. Um, you know, he could have got caught cold. I'm not making excuses for him. But aside from that, you've got to go back to... Um, all the way back to... 2012, when he took on a guy called Carlos Molina, who's not the the good Carlos Molina, who's a friend of the show. He's just like another Carlos Molina. I call him the fake Carlos Molina. And Carlos Molina got pulled out after 10 rounds. He retired on his stall. Um, that was really it. I mean, he went the distance with Julio Diaz, went the distance with Louis Calazzo, went the distance with Chris Algieri, went the distance with Devin Alexander. You know what I mean? So I don't really think... I mean, the last proper knockout when... when someone hasn't retired on their stall when they've actually been knocked out was against Zab Judah back in 2011. That's a long time ago. I don't think Khan will knock this guy out, especially the fact that the guy's gone four with Errol Spence and seven with Danny Garcia. I don't think Khan will be able to do it early. If he does stop him, it will be an accumulative um, attack from Amir Khan that will probably happen late on in the fight. So I don't see it early. If it is early, then it's amazing. It's really impressive. It truly is. But, um, yeah, we do want to see him in there with some of the bigger names now. I mean, he's had Phil LaGreco. Fair enough. You know, he's he's entitled to fight someone of the same kind of level which we've got here because um, he didn't really get a chance to show us what he's got or what we've been missing for all this time since that Canelo fight. He just had about 30 seconds. So, fair play. Hopefully, this is the last fight that he has at this kind of level. We want to see him, you know, get in there with two other big names. And you mentioned both of them, Ayers, in Brook and Pacquiao. But, yeah, that's really it for that one. Of course, a 12-rounder. It's going to be shown on Sky. Uh, moving over now to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, USA. We just mentioned him. Danny Garcia, he tops the bill. 34-1. and It's for the vacant WBC World Welterweight title. The belt that got ripped away or vacated. Depends who you ask. Um, it was, it was of course, Keith Furman's old title that he actually took away from Danny Garcia. So he gets a chance to win it back. In the other corner, though, Sean Porterias, 28-2 with one draw. Both men have came up short against Keith Furman um, recently. That's obviously Garcia's sole loss. And, you know, Sean Porter's got another loss, of course. But, yeah, good fight this one. Very, very good fight, actually. I'm so looking forward to this one. It's going to be shown on Box Nation, which is a brilliant thing to hear because Box Nation have been slacking a little bit lately. But, yeah, brilliant fight. Very much looking forward to it. How do you see it? I think it's a very good fight, obviously. Um, uh, Danny Garcia versus uh, Sean Porter. Um, I think obviously we see we know Sean Porter is a uh, very aggressive fighter, uh, but if I'm going to go with a win, I'm going to go with Danny Garcia to win on points because I think Garcia, um, I think Garcia is going to retain that belt and I think he's going to fight Amir Khan in the future for that belt. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you actually, guys. I'm going to go with Sean Porter to win on points. Um, Really, because Danny Garcia, in my eyes, has lost a couple of fights. I mean, he lost against Lamont Peterson. Peterson's a good boxer, um, in my eyes, by the way. Obviously, not officially, he didn't lose that fight. He also, in my eyes, clearly lost to Maurizio Herrera when he seemed to just get outboxed, really. Um, obviously, he lost to Keith Furman. It was a good fight, though. And there's just been a couple of moments in his career, even when he took on Zab Judah, he seems to struggle with good boxers. Now, I'm not saying that Sean Porter is 
a good boxer. He's very much a roughhouse kind of guy. I call him the little pit bull because he really does pile on the pressure and he just doesn't stop. He's very, very strong. He likes to smother his opponents. And to be completely honest, that is the same kind of tactics that Matisse used against um, Danny Garcia and it really didn't work but Sean Porter technically speaking has got a lot more to his game than the likes of of um, Lucas Matisse he's certainly you know got a lot more in his arsenal he's very much more rounded so he can box but he can also brawl Sean Porter so I think he's going to get straight on Danny Garcia's chest and I think the way that he's going to put it on him he's going to back Garcia up I think he's going to be fighting too close for Garcia, and he's relentless. He seriously is. So a very, very hard man to beat. You need to keep your distance with him, and Garcia needs to do that. That is absolutely vital. That is the only way to beat Sean Porter. You've got to keep him at distance and use your size, use your reach, and you've got to really throw the hooks out and and counter him, to be honest, and just not let him get up close to you. Um, And when he is up close, you need to throw the uppercuts, but he's very rough. He likes to use his head a lot as well, Sean Porter. So... It'd be a very interesting fight. I'm seriously looking forward to it. But like I say, we're both going with points. Um, Obviously, you know, Garcia lost on points to Keith Furman. Sean Porter's never been stopped in his two losses. So I don't see either man being stopped. But we've all gone points. I'm going Porter on points. You and the listeners both go in with Garcia on points. He's the favourite. It's a very hard one to pick, to be honest. But I just see Sean Porter emerging the victor. Um... On the undercard, we have Amanda Serrano, 34-1 with one draw. She fights for the vacant WBO World Female Super Lightweight title. Serrano, actually, um, her sister, I forgot the sister's name, but her sister's taking on Katie Taylor next month in the States. Um, I think that's on the, the October the 20th or October the 6th, one of those ones. It's a it's a DAZN show, that one. But, yeah, Serrano herself, Amanda Serrano, I should say, she fights here against Yamila Reynoso, who has a record of 11-4 and four with three draws. She's only a super lightweight, though, Amanda Serrano, so perhaps she could maybe move down to take on Katie Taylor if Katie Taylor can beat her sister. We'll have to wait and see. Also, we have Yordanis Ugas, 22-3. and three. He takes on Cesar Barinuovo, who has a record called a 34 and 3 with two draws decent little fight there i think um your dennis ugas is still involved somewhat with ishmael salas despite salas actually in inverted commas being retired um i've seen a lot of clips between the two um all the very best to ugas good fighter very unlucky he's been actually a couple times recently also this is a cracking heavyweight contest guys we're going to go to the predictions on this also we've got adam kaunaki he is the polish heavyweight undefeated 17 and 0 um, by way of brooklyn new york actually he takes on former ibf heavyweight world champion charles martin i 25 and 1 with one draw that one loss came to anthony joshua on the 9th of april 2016 a fight i was there for um prince charles martin is obviously a southpaw a big puncher but adam kalnaki can crack as well and adam kalnaki recently knocked out artur spilka quicker than deontay wilder um so yeah very interesting fight here a 10 round contest very very hard one to pick i'm really really looking forward to this one I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a very good fight. Obviously, um, Charles Martin and Adam Kanaki. I think it's going to be a very good fight. I think Charles Martin, obviously, is coming back after a long, a long layoff as well. Um, obviously, we've seen the uh, the news what's happened with Charles Martin in the past. But I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a win for Charles Martin, and I think he's I think I think it's going to help him boost his career a bit since the loss with Anthony Joshua. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing about this guy. Since he lost to Anthony Joshua, he has had three rounds of boxing, and that was um, almost two and a half years ago. He came back in... Um, he came back a year after that Joshua fight and had a two-round knockout against a guy called Byron Polly. And then he got out of the ring for... Um, well, he was actually only out of the ring for three months, and he got back in against Michael Marone, and he knocked him out in one round. And, you know, that was just over a year ago now, so about a year and two months since he's last been in the ring. But Kalnaki's been... I mean, he's been okay. I mean, he's he's had probably the better wins recently obviously like I say he knocked out Spielker in four rounds back in 2017 in July and then most recently he beat Iago Kiladze he actually knocked him out in six rounds that was in January of this year Kiladze's a decent fighter um, you know his only losses came to Yuri Kalinga um, at the time and obviously Kaunaki then he went on to lose against Michael Hunter and talking of Iago Kaladzi he's actually taking on Joe Joyce by the way on the 30th of this month so um yeah good stuff there but yeah Kaunaki against um Charles Martin you've gone with Charles Martin I asked. did you give a method I think he's gonna win on points Okay, Charles Martin on points. No one has gone with that um, on the predictions on, on, on our Twitter page, although there hasn't really been that many votes, actually. So um, it, it could happen. It really could happen. But the majority of the listeners, 75% have gone with Kalnaki by knockout. I'm going with Charles Martin by knockout, even though I think that's a hard one to pick. It really, really is. Um, both men, like I say, can bang. Adam Kalnaki, 17 wins, 14 by knockout. Prince Charles Martin, 25 wins, 23 by knockout. Very intriguing fight there. Um, one thing I will say, Kalnaki, obviously, I've, I've keep mentioning this now, but his win against Arta Spilker. Spilker's obviously a southpaw, and he seemed to not have too much trouble with him. So Charles Martin being a southpaw, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be that... Um, that confusing for him or that hard for him to adjust to, to Charles Martin. He's very, he, he can be a little bit basic, really, Charles Martin. Um, I don't think his, his fundamentals are fantastic, but he has got that equalizer in his left hand. Um, very powerful backhand. But yeah, that's really it for that one there. Um, I've gone Martin knockout. You've gone Martin points. And the listeners have gone Kalnaki by knockout. Um, that's really it for that card there. Yeah, it is. And. That's really it for the show, as we've we've wrapped up the preview in there. Like I say, we we flew through the review, and we really, really did. We brought you the first guest. Obviously, you brought us the news, eyes. There wasn't too much to talk about, and the previewing we've seemed to have just absolutely whizzed through that as well. So before we wrap up the show, there is only one thing to do, and that, of course, is to bring in our second and final guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former English and Commonwealth champion. It's, of course, Mr. Isaac Lowe. Isaac, welcome back on the show, my friend. It's been a while. Yeah, great to have you back on. Thanks very much. Long time no year. How's it going? Yeah, all good, my friend, all good. So, Isaac, of course, like I say, it's been quite a long time since we last spoke. It was back in February of last year, and at that time, you were getting ready to take on um, Denis Shellan for the European title. Obviously, that fight ended um, with a technical draw after just three rounds. Very frustrating um, for you, of course. And then, you you know, you you fought and beat um, Chris Attaway over six rounds. Um, you also managed to knock Attaway down, which not many people managed to do. And then, of course, you went on to fight Ryan Walsh for the British title on the Groves Eubank Junior undercard. You then pick up your third career draw, Isaac. How would you assess that fight back in February between you both? Uh, yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, what everyone expected. But I thought I won the fight fair and square, do you know what I mean? 
I thought I won the first six, like first six, seven comfortable. Uh, and then, yeah, going into the middle rounds, I tied a little bit. And But if you always look, it, it depends what you go for. Maybe you, the experience and well suit, you know what I mean? You come back in, it's maybe catching the cleaner shots, but I was not working them in every department, do you know what I mean? But uh, it was a close fight looking back, but I still think I won it by two rounds comfortable, do you know what I mean? I definitely wouldn't have fight, but to say to win a to, to win a belt, you have to grab it off someone, so it is what it was, but unfortunately in championship fights lately, uh, the luck doesn't go my way, so sooner or later, let's hope it stop the draws and let's get the W back on the go. Yeah, for sure. Now, like you say, and also I agree, in my opinion, you started very, very well in that fight. Um, you know, you were both fresh at the start of the fight, of course, and when you were both fresh, he could not deal with you. Um, you know, you were winning the rounds easily, but as the rounds went on, you did seem to tire, and that was when Ryan did pick up some success himself. I should say, it was also the first time you'd actually ever gone 12 rounds as well, so... Um, you know, that was another thing to mention. And also, the last time that you'd even gone as far as eight rounds was two years before that. So, you didn't really have the ideal preparation going into a 12-rounder. Would you agree, Isaac? Yeah, totally. What people don't understand, they've seen me fight for all these... I've, I've boxed nearly enough for every belt except from world title. Uh, European, Commonwealth, English, British. And uh, it's funny how that's only my first, first natural to do 12 rounds. But I just said... Uh, um, to do it just after the preparation what I had off. Uh, it's experienced, you know what I mean? I'm the first time people don't understand when you go on 10 championship rounds at the peak. Uh, it's a big difference in the last two or three rounds and that's where you win and lose fights. And uh, as Ryan Welsh, he's done a, he's done a few 12 rounders, do you know what I mean? He's a season pro. But this time around, uh, it'd be a different fight altogether. But, uh, I, I was getting told a lot by different people who's a big puncher, he's this and that, be wary of him. And obviously going into a British title fight, like sometimes it's in the back of your head, do you know what I mean? I was thinking about moving my feet a lot. But this, I've been in with him now, and to be honest, my granny gets harder than him. Whoever says he's a big puncher, then talking shit because he doesn't hit hard. So this time around, I'll be more, more, more willing to stand there. I'll be planting my feet more. I won't be moving as much. And we'll see, can he test my power this time? Because people keep underestimating my power because I move my feet a lot and keep moving. But this time I've um, I've adapted my game a little bit, started to plan my feet, not burning me energy, not burning nervous energy too. So I think he's in for a bit of a treat this time around. Excellent, man, excellent. And you say there that you... Um, did you actually sit down and properly score the fight when you were able to watch it back at all? Uh, I've never really scored it. I've just watched the rounds clearly, do you know what I mean? And uh, as I said, I've won the first... I think I won the first six. And then uh, you possibly can give him from six to nine. Ten was... I think Ken was even. I got back into it, and I think he won the twelve. So I think I think I won it by one or two rounds. Do you know what I mean? Okay, and at the time, like I say, when I watched the fight, I was gutted for you because, you know, you fought a great fight, and I know that, um, you know, if boxing was your only job, you'd be so much better than what you than what you are. So my question is, are you still working outside boxing, or does boxing have your full focus at the moment, Isaac? I just speak. I'm on my work. Uh, I'm on my uh, dinner break at the main time. I'm at work now, so that says it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I try. I, sometimes, obviously, when the big fights get close, sometimes I just give up everything. Do you know what I mean? And I, I try and get stuck into it. But I've had a few sponsors who helped me in, in the past as well, keep me going. A uh, long group and them, and so it's it's just if I had the chance, I'd keep crying out on Twitter and saying people and they think because I train with 
Tyson that now they're, 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 I get sponsored and I get looked after. I don't. I've still got to go to work. I've still got pills to pay. And uh, if people only see me going natural full time training properly and going up and down sparring and tr- sparring with champions and learning enough people, then if they think I'm good now, imagine what I would be like. Do you know what I mean? But look, it is what it is. And as I said, I've never done it the easy way. I've never been gifted with a gold spoon in my mouth and been put chucked in with a big promoter and on big Sky shows, a big Box Nation shows, boxing. I've earned everything about. I've had to start from the bottom. And I'm starting to really now just people starting to recognise me. So uh, people starting to think and truly think I am. I am a bit of a force. And apart from the top the top four or top five in Britain, I'm the number one without shadow of doubt. And I think everyone will, understand, will back me on that one. And uh, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, you know what? Once I win this British title, I'll be vacating it anyhow because I'm past that stage. I don't want to be hanging around all my life with this stage. I want to move on. I want, I want big fights. You know I mean, I want to fight the best. I want a chance for my best. And... And I'm, re- I'm ready to do that. I'm re- willing to fight anyone. And for any sponsors or potential sponsors that could be listening, get in touch with Isaac directly um, to get on board there. Um, now, Isaac, you, you know, you had a little run out a couple of weeks ago against Jose Hernandez, another journeyman, really, but you shut him out over four rounds. And now, like I say, the rematch is on. You against Ryan Walsh once again for the British title. How happy are you, Isaac, to get this rematch on? Because I know that you desperately wanted that rematch with Dennis Shellam, but he didn't really want to know. But Ryan has agreed to do it again. And like you say, You've had it the hard way. This is another chance for you, which you haven't had many chances in your career. Yeah, I'm happy with it. As I said, Ryan had nowhere to go. Who where could he go to? Who could he fight? He's he's been a British love for the last five, six years now. So for him to beat me, he's gonna put push him on because I'm as I said, I'm domestic level. I'm, I think I'm number one. So if he does deal with me, then he can move on. He's 31, 30, or 30, could be 33. I don't know. I forgot what he is now. So yeah, I'm happy with the rematch. But as I said. Uh, I just want to get this fight over and done with and prove people I am the number one and then I want to move on, do you know what I mean? I want big fights. I want. I just want to show people and put a show on for people, do you know what I mean? That's what I need to do. Uh, I talk a bit, but I always back it up, do you know what I mean? Whatever I say and whatever I'm doing, I, I always get in the fights and I always give the fans the value for money and I, I, I put me out on the sleeve, do you know what I mean? And I fight to the death, so uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I know it's going to be another war. Because I'm I'm definitely willing to chuck everything in this time around. It's it's to have a shit of bus for me, do you know what I mean? We're working that so I'm gonna chuck everything into it and I we'll see what we'll see what he's made of. And this fight itself, it's set for October the 27th at the Copper Box Arena, which was actually the last place I saw you, by the way. Um, I can't remember who was fighting that night now, but we were both there. But you get this chance, like I say, on a matchroom show. Um, it's actually shaping up to be a very competitive card. What can you do differently this time, Isaac, um, to ensure that you don't pick up a fourth draw? We don't want to see that. But, you know, for me, I just think all you need, if, 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 there, if there's one thing that you need, it's just a little bit more stamina in the tank and you'd have had that fight 100% would you agree if not what else what else do you need to win this time yeah what, what people don't understand I had six week training for that fight you know what I mean yeah. six week training I was messing about over Christmas I had a six week training camp for that fight so that was me after six week what am I going to be like after eight or nine weeks my fitness will be will be great to on and I'm not leaving to the judges this time around I said I'm willing my feet will be planting more I'll be landing shots myself and um We'll see what it's like. Ryan, we know Ryan's big at the weight. Well, at this time around, I'm going to take him to places. I'm going to push him back, and then we'll see what he's made of. Do you know what I mean? We'll see what it's like. It's going to be a complete different fight. You're going to see a complete different Isaac, a matured Isaac, 
and a man who was hungry for success and, uh, and not letting no one step in front of him. Sounds like you would like to get a knockout in this one, Isaac, or you're predicting a knockout, am I right? Yeah, I think I'm well due for a bit of a stoppage now, so uh, I started off with a few knockouts and slowly in the last few I'm, I'm turning to the draw man, so I'm willing to, I'm willing to, I'm due for a knockout, so I'm willing to give it, so yeah, I'm going for a late stoppage. Excellent, my man, excellent. And coming down to the last couple of questions, really now, on the undercard, your former foe, Ryan Doyle, is fighting Jordan Gill. Obviously, you and Ryan fought to a questionable draw, a fight where I believe you probably should have gotten the nod, to be honest. Um, he's just knocked out Reese Bellotti, though, in a real big upset. He seems like he's improved a lot, um, Mr. Doyle. But Jordan Gill's fairly untested. Who wins that one, in your opinion, Isaac? Uh, two good lads. Ryan Doyle's one of the hardest punches I've been in with. He's a good kid. Uh, he's a good pressure fighter to what he does. He's a good all-round game. Uh, Jordan Gill, I'm, I'm, I don't know too much about him, to be honest. I've heard he's good, but he is what he is. He's a prospect, isn't he? Um, leaving two, they made the best man win. Do you know what I mean? As I said, I'm, I don't care about anyone else. I care about myself, and I worry about my own career. As I said, I've been there, I've done that with the Commonwealth. So I'm moving on to bigger and better things. People like them are behind me, and I, I'm upwards and onwards for me. One man that I know that you do care a lot about, of course, Tyson Fury. He's set to take on Deontay Wilder. It seems to be official. No announcements just yet, though. Is there anything that you can tell us? And also, who wins that fight and how? Yeah, the fight's 99.9% uh, .9 on it. It's definitely going to happen. Um, I think there's sort of a few last paperwork things out, and then next on. Uh, and there's only one winner for me. You should know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, he wins it comfortable, do you know what I mean? Uh, Tyson... You don't realise how quick he is and how fast his hands is to you actually train with him. I'm a featherweight and uh, he's faster than me, but just as fast as me, or if not fast, he, the things what we do when we do circuits, anything. He's, he's, he's so big and fast with his movement, so to you have to see him sparring, you see the things what he does, he's untouchable. And only where well they will beat him is knocking him out, but you can't hit what you can't see then. You don't get nowhere, don't you? I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if Tyson stops him later on, do you know what I mean? Because as he's looking to flush his big shots, Tyson will land one of these. And should, in your opinion, Fury have had one or two more fights? I think a lot of people believe he should, even some of those really close to his camp. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think even John Fury said he probably should have had one or two. How do you see it? Yeah. Should he have had another one or two? Yeah, if time was on his side, he probably would have put another one. But at the end of the day, he's done boxing since he's been a 10-year-old. Uh, he knows everything in the game, what to do, do you know what I mean? He, as long as he's fit and well, his movement's there now, do you know what I mean? He's getting things back in the gym. He's, he's had two warm-up fights, so listen, we don't work around when it's a business game. If you're in there to win, you're in there to win, do you know what I mean? Uh, as I said, he's been around the game long enough. He knows he's, he's what he has to do. We know what he has to do, and if he does it in the ring on the night, then he's a comfortable winner. And lastly, Isaac, just I, I just want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything else that you want to say just before we let you go, anything that you want to get off your chest or say to anybody, say whatever you like, buddy. Uh, I'd just like to say everyone just keep following me and uh, keep supporting me because uh, with all your support, mate, you're pushing me even more. And uh, if there's any willing sponsors out there what can get in touch with me to help me go full-time and help me keep training hard and take the stress of work off me, then please get in touch with me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, even contact you and get through to me and that way it just keeps sporting on there that British is coming home and it's only, it's, only, uh, it's only a stepping stone there's more to come for me yeah? so keep watching
Well said, Isaac, top man. But listen, it's always my pleasure interviewing you. You know that. Best of luck. I truly mean that for the 27th of October, and we'll certainly catch up sometime after. Thanks very much. All the best now. Have a good afternoon. Okay, and this wraps up episode 151 of the Box Hard Podcast. It's been the two Isaacs this week. A massive thank you to the undefeated WBO world champion, Mr. Isaac Dogbay, and the undefeated former English and Commonwealth champion, Mr. Isaac Lowe. There's been a couple of other pieces of news that has broken whilst we've been recording this show. Terry Flanagan's fight against Regis Progre in the quarterfinals of the World Boxing Super Series will now take place on October 27th in Progray's backyard of New Orleans in the States. And also the week before that, on October 20th, the World Boxing Super Series have got another event, which will be the first time that they've held two quarterfinals in different weight classes on the same night. We've got Junior Dorticos against Matthias Mastinek and Emmanuel Rodriguez against Jason Maloney. The only bad thing is that it clashes with Matram USA's Saunders vs. Andrade show. Yikes. But I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I, as Sumra, has been the delightful I, as Sumra. The biggest thanks of all, of course, goes out to you, the listeners. The Prediction League is back this week. Best of luck with that. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we'll catch you all again, hopefully, next week.